it is not only good to be here in the house of the Lord, but definitely to a place and a moment in, in this service where it's, I guess we could say what Nacho Libre may say, it's time to get down to the nitty gritty. It's time to get down to, to what transforms us because, you know, being in God's presence is transforming, but it is the Word of God that transforms us, us. Because if we think back all the way to the point of in, in First Kings, you know, when Elijah had fled from, from, from Jezebel, you know, he gave God a sob story and, and God began to manifest himself in such a way that it was the earthquake, that it was the, the fire, and, and it was the et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it came down to the point that only God could be found in the gentle whisper. So it is the Word of God that brings the transformation and not so much the manifestation of His presence. The manifestation of His presence is just His glory being revealed and as we allow the word to change us each and every time that we open God's word each and every time that we pray each and every time that the Spirit of God moves upon us that conviction is brought into our life and, and that we take heed to that then then change is being manifested in our life so if we could I want to talk about a topic today because uh, this was just something that the Lord has ministered to me and the Lord has just continuously ministered uh, this to me, uh, you know, even during worship. And we see something that's a simple picture. Uh, but what I'm trying to place here is that is, is we're going to move from an impossible situation to it being possible. And I want to give you several examples through the Word today that's going to show the manifestation of an impossible situation and what seems to be impossible. And it seems like that we've all been in impossible situations, but, but I want to bring our attention that, that these impossible situations become possible not because of who we are, but because of what dwells within us and, and, and who dwells within us. So, so uh, before we even open up with scripture this morning, uh, I, I just want to pray, and uh, and again, just ask that the Lord that His blessing would be upon His word, and 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 that we would hear everything that He wants for us to hear. Let us pray, dear Lord. Again, Lord, we thank you, we praise you, we glorify you and we honor you Lord because Lord of who you are Lord of your goodness your mercy and your kindness Lord that you have showed to us Lord a people Lord that does not deserve it Lord that we are so undeserving but Lord but because of your blood being applied into our lives Lord you have made us worthy you have made us worthy of your name you've made us worthy Father Lord to be your sons and daughter to to be your friends Lord that you know and, and, and Lord I don't want to take the word friend lightly Lord because you said that you only share your secrets with those who fear you so Lord that those that that really are your friends Lord are those that fear you Lord and as we'll get into that so some other time, Lord, as you see fit, 
But Lord, we just thank you, Lord, right now, Lord, for your word that is about to be presented. Lord, a word, Lord, that, that will be transforming, that will be life-changing. Lord, I pray, Lord, that your revealed knowledge, Lord, would be revealed, Lord, to each and every person, Lord, that's sitting here this morning. Lord, to each and every person, Lord, that may be viewing this on YouTube. Each and every person, Lord, that may be listening to this through the podcast. Lord, we want lives to be changed. You want lives to be changed, Lord. And I want to speak this word, Lord, as you've given me utterance, Lord, that, that it will be no more and that it will be no less, Lord, in everything that you have ordained, Lord. Open our eyes to see and our ears to hear, Lord, the words, Lord, that will change our lives, Lord. Lord, and that we would have the heart to receive it because, Lord, in receiving that word also means, Lord, that there may be things that we don't want to hear. Lord, as we've not come to preach a, preach a feel-good message, but, Lord, we come to bring truth, to bring truth to a matter, Lord, that so many people are facing, Lord. Not just at this moment, Lord, but every waking moment of our life, Lord, that there seems to be an impossible situation that presents itself. So, Lord, we, we want to be able to, to give out tools this morning to help us to move from an impossible situation to making it possible. So, Lord, we thank you, we praise you, we glorify you, we give your name glory because we ask it in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Again, I want to start off this morning, and, and, and as we move to the next slide, you, 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 we've already talked about that our title today is Moving from Impossible to Possible, because like I said, we've all faced what seems to be impossible situations, but we're going to bring out in, in, through the scripture, through the word today, that we will look at this and we will say, these were impossible situations. These were impossible situations. So I want to be able to relate this today that no matter what we may be facing in life, that no matter what may seem to be hard to overcome, I want to reassure you that through God's Word, through His through faith, through obedience, that we're going to be able to overcome these obstacles that, that seem to stand in our way. You see, Jesus has never called us to go up under him. He never called us to go over him. You know, see, when the with the lady that had the issue of blood, it said, you know, she pressed her way through the crowd. So to get to, we got to go through. You got to hear me when I say it. To get to, we got to go through. We got to go through these because going through these is going to produce the very things that we need to have present in our walk with God. So the beginning, the beginning uh, story that we're going to talk about this morning is in the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter 14, verses 15 through 21, and we're kind of familiar uh, with the situation of what's going on here so we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and read and then we'll relate into this story a little bit more so in verse 15 it says then the lord said to moses why are you crying out to me tell the people to get moving pick up your staff and raise your hand over the sea divide the water so that the israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground let's just stop for a minute that seems to end up be an impossible feat. That seems to be something that, that what? It defies reality. It, it, it defies, it says that this should not be possible. In, in, in what way would this ever, ever be possible? But continue to follow along with me in verse 17. 
and I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they will charge in after the Israelites. My great glory will be displayed through Pharaoh and his troops, his chariots and his charioteers. If I said that right. So please excuse me. Verse 18. When my glory is displayed through them, all Egypt will see my glory and know that I am the Lord. Then the angel of God who had been leading the people of Israel moved to the rear of the camp. The pillar of cloud also moved from the front and stood in between them. So before we continue to move on, let, let, let's, let's just look for, for, for just a minute. Was not Egypt the greatest nation at this time? The greatest nation. And if we refer and we reflect back to the time that when Moses came to Pharaoh and he said, God said, let my people go that they may serve me in the desert. He never said anything about taking them to the promised land. He said to the desert, I want to take you to a dry, deserted parched place so that you can find me because why would he ever take them to the promise without introducing him to the promiser why but you want to know why because if he did then they would make the promise a place of idolatry they would worship the place of a promise instead of worshiping the person that would place them there so so i get a little sidetracked but i wanted to throw that little tidbit in there but if we begin to think about that that egypt was the greatest nation they were the greatest nation they were the most powerfulest nation they were the richest nation and at this point in this time that god had not been introduced to the egyptians the egyptians did not who did not know who god was see pharaoh himself thought that he was a god and then that's why he said, well, who is this God that sends you? And of course, we know the story that, that Moses said, you know, the I am has sent me. The I am, the, again, we've talked about the I am, who is the I am in our life. And, and, and I don't want to get too far into that and, and get into preaching another message because I want, I want to stay central around what God has been speaking to me in reference to this hallelujah so so at this point that God said that you know this is how I'm going to introduce myself to the whole world because he just said that I'm going to bring glory to myself by destroying the Egyptians by destroying Pharaoh because why because if you can conquer the greatest thing that there was on this earth then everybody will know who you are everybody would know who you are so I, I i i i want to get back to the focal point is that is that as we face these impossible situations as we face these things that seem to be so powerful that that seems to exalt itself against the knowledge of who christ's word uh, the christ and the word of god says that we are then then people will begin to know who we are in god because we've overcome these things we've defied the very things that seems to be impossible and, and and I really wish that Moses could have had some some type of reflection over here of how Pharaoh may have feel felt because could you imagine seeing the seas parted? I mean, could we even begin to imagine that? But if I saw my enemy doing that, doing something that seems to be impossible, do you think that I'm going to pursue them? Absolutely not. But but we saw here that that God said that I will harden their hearts he would cause their hearts to be hardened so we continue on in verse 20 
verse 20 it says and the clouds settled between the Egyptians and the Israelite camp as darkness fell the cloud of the cloud turned to fire lighting up tonight but the Egyptians and the Israelites did not approach each other all night long here's where here's where I want this to stand out at right here in verse 21 then Moses raised his hand over the sea and the Lord opened up a path through the water with a strong east wind the wind blew all that night turned the seabed into dry land now we've all heard the phrase before i'm stuck between a rock and a hard place right we've we've heard that that metaphor we've heard that saying before but this just happened to be the case for the children of israel this happened to be the case for 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 moses as well is that they were stuck between an army that was pursuing them and they and and at the red sea they were at the sea it was water it was all you could see and and, and there was no walking on water because everybody knew that that defied uh, the the reality of what could happen here and see but god made a provision did he not he made a provision and what did he do in the midst of while he was working in the midst of while god was doing something here he separated he gave time there, there was a time frame that that the enemy could not pursue them there was you know that they had limitations on what they could do and i'm telling you here today ladies and gentlemen that there's limitations that that, that satan can't do but so much he can't do but only what god allows him to do we go back to the story of job right you know did not god say have you considered my servant job you know and and he said you can you can you can do anything for him but you can't touch his soul you can't have his spirit man so ladies and gentlemen i'm telling you here today that that satan can't touch our spirit man he he we might have bulls on us just like job did or we might be stuck between that rock and that hard place we may be stuck between our enemy and the red sea but if we go back to verse 20 as we read in verse 20 right 21 it says then moses raised his hands over the sea and the Lord opened up a path through the water with a what with a strong east wind and then it said the wind did what it blew all night long so 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 in our minds we've been thinking that all of long that all of a sudden that the that the seas just part away but the Bible declared here that the wind blew all night long you see ladies and gentlemen when God's working it's going to take some time on our end it's going to take some time on our end. But does it mean that we give up? We keep pressing in, but we, we begin to see, we can see the manifestation of God working in our life and working in our situation and moving things. And I think back to, uh, you know, we've had a couple visitors over the past couple weeks and I, and I just sit back and, and the Lord said, you know, son, when you quit complaining about it, when it quit becoming a gripe and you begin to thank me for it, you begin to dwell in my word and what my word has spoken about this situations then things begin to change but we got to sit back and we got to watch God work you know we've all heard we've heard it we've heard it we've heard it that God may not come when we want to but he's always right on time but in the midst of this strong wind blowing what did he do he separated their enemy from being able to attack them God gave provision not only in this situation but in so many other situations as well <clears throat> excuse me so so um how did how did they respond to 
the impossible situation? How, how did they respond to that? You know, if we begin to, to look at the children of Israel, it said that they cried out to God and, and, and then they spoke to Moses. Were we not better off? Did, did you bring us out here just to die? Did you bring us out here just to die? You see, but God had just delivered them from 400 years of bondage. But what's the very first thing that they're doing? Complaining. How many of us are guilty of that? I'll raise both hands. I've been there. But God wanted to prove himself in this situation, but God can't, what could he, he could not prove anything because of their complaining. So what did he have to do? He had to speak to the very one that believed the word that he spoke. And he spoke to, uh, not Abraham, excuse me, he spoke to Moses. And so we can see that, that the people, they panicked because it said that they panicked and they cried out. They panicked. They panicked. They panicked. How many of us has panicked in a situation? I mean, it, just anything. It's somebody approaching our car from another direction or somebody passing uh, as we're coming to and fro on the traffic and, and they're passing, but it become a close call when we got it and we begin to panic. There's a lot of things in our life that we've panicked about. So, so the children of Israel, they, they panicked and they complained. But Moses didn't complain. Moses didn't complain. So we can see that the reaction of panic is a doubt of what God has called you to do. Moses chose to act on the very word that God has spoken. Are we acting on a word or reacting to the situation? So what's the difference between the two? Maybe you remember the story, but I'm going to give you this story again and I'm going to try to make it short. Is you got an airline pilot and let's just say both of their engines blow. I mean, I've only flown a few times and I really enjoy flying, but I can only begin to imagine of how that I may feel if these engines blow, because that means you're what? You're no longer going forward. There's no longer a law of lift. Now you're dealing with the law of gravity because the law of lift supersedes the law of gravity. But the law of gravity is going to begin to take over because lift, there's no more, there's nothing else that's propelling us forward. Now we're now we're going to start descending and we can only imagine we've seen on the news we've seen on the tvs we've seen on movies of what may what happens to planes when they crash they begin to disintegrate they may blow up excuse me etc 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 so if this happens then what do the people what do the passengers may begin to do is they begin to panic and they become frantic but what did the airline pilots do? Do they just jump up out there and say, what in the world are we going to do? What are we going to do now? We have nothing that's going to keep us in the air. You see, but they go to school for a reason and, and they, they do these simulations twice a year for a reason. To put themselves in a situation when this happens. When this happens, it's not a matter of of, of if it happens, it's a matter of when it happens. So, it, so I'm telling you today, it's not a matter of, of if the impossible situation comes, arises, it's, it's when it happens. It's not if, it's when. So the airline pilots practice this, practice this, and they practice this until they pass it. And what is it that they practice? They practice the impossible situation. They practice of being able to land this plane 
with that defies the actual possibilities of them being able to do it and they continue to do it and they go through all of this you're checking our flaps we're checking this we're checking that we're checking this check 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 so we got to, we got to go back is are we checking God's word is the are these check box in our lives check are these boxes checked and again you're gonna hear me say the same thing I do every single Sunday if we're not reading it in the word for ourselves how do we know if we're checking these boxes we're not going to know we're just hoping that it is and that's not what God's called us to do because I'm not going to hope that my airline pilot is doing what he's supposed to be doing I, when I get on that plane I know he's doing what he's supposed to be doing and that's why we pay such good money to get on a plane and fly hallelujah so our faith is only increased when we hear the word of god our faith is only increased when we hear the word of god so how do you know that well okay i'm glad you asked y'all asking some great questions this morning so romans chapter 10 verse 17 says this so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of christ uh what does this mean what does this mean? Well, a lot of people say, "Well, you gotta, you gotta hear the word of God. You gotta, you gotta be reading the word of God." Absolutely, you got to be doing this. You remember we spoke about the other week about revealed knowledge, revealed knowledge. So, so let me give you the way that the Spirit spoke to me yesterday. Now, I've read this verse a hundred times, if not more, five hundred times, uh, countless what it may seem to be. But let me give this to you the way that the Spirit of God spoke this to me yesterday. He says, "Faith." comes by hearing the word of God spoken which is what we're doing right now and hearing the voice of God through the speaker so hearing the voice of God through my voice as I bring the heart of God is how faith is established in our life so it's not you hearing my voice it's you hearing the voice within inside of my voice you know that we've had those times where like it was that epiphany it was that light bulb moments like Oh, voila. Okay, now I understand what he's saying. I understand what the scripture is saying to me here. And that's how faith has come forth is, is through revealed knowledge because revealed knowledge is something that the Lord lays in your lap. It's something that he gives you. It's something that the devil can't take away from you. So I want to move on to another story before my time starts getting too short here. I could speak about Moses over and I'm um, not yeah Moses over and over and over again because he he faced so many different things. But I want to bring another story to you in Second Kings chapter six verses one through six. And it's such a short story and and, and we don't read it that often or we might not hear about it that often but when I heard it a couple weeks ago the Lord just really this was where this message came from was from the impossible to a possible situation so let's read this together one day the group of prophets came to Elijah and told him you notice that it said the group of prophets a group that means that there was more than one of them so and we all know that Elijah was a prophet himself so so listen to this as you can see this place where we meet with you is too small let's go down to the Jordan River where there are plenty of logs there we can build a new place for us to meet all right he told them go ahead please come with us someone suggested i will he said this is elijah so he went with them when they arrived at the jordan they began to cut down trees just sounds so simple let's keep reading verse five starting to get real good here 
but as one of them was cutting a tree now again let's just stop one of them this was a prophet as well because it was a group of prophets it was a group of prophets so but as one of them was cutting down a tree and that his axe head fell into the river oh sir he cried it was a borrow axe so if we go back to exodus chapter 14 anything that was borrowed that was damaged or lost had to be repaid so maybe this guy was this prophet was in a situation of where he could not repay because if he was already borrowing it then that means he didn't have one himself so verse 6 he said so where did it fall the man of god asked this is what elijah asked him he said when he showed him the place elijah cut a stick threw it into the water at that spot then the axe head floated to the surface you tell me that that don't sound like an impossible situation because that was a piece of iron i don't have a piece of iron here uh, but if i could just imagine that if we just let's just say this table i took this table and i threw it down into the creek or into the river do we think that that's going to float because it's heavier right it, 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 it begins to, it, we, we talked about the, the law of lift and the law of gravity. So well, gravity will take over. And what happened here was that the axe head descended to the bottom. It descended to the bottom of the water or the river uh, that he had talked about. So what happened here was Elijah did something that didn't make no sense. It made no sense that he cut a stick and that he threw it in the water. But here's the things that, that I want to point out. That the impossible, again, is made possible because of what? Because of obedience. The obedience to do something that does not make sense. We can also see this apparent in the life of David. And before we move on to that, I still want to, uh, and I don't know if any of us have even heard that story before, but if it's in the Bible, then the Bible can't exaggerate. You know, it's, you know, we've all heard the story, well, I caught a fish this big. Okay, so, but the reality is, is that fish is probably about this big. And it seems like the more you tell it, the bigger that it gets. But the Bible can't exaggerate because God's word is everlasting to everlasting. So I, I, I wanna show you this story uh, one more time of an impossible feat that happened in Second Samuel chapter five, verses 22 through 25 and the philistines came up yet again and spread out in the valley of of uh, rephaim and when david inquired of the lord he said you shall not go up go around to the rear and come against him opposite of the balsam trees and when you hear the sound of marching in the top of the balsam trees Let's just stop. When you hear the sound of marching at the top of some trees, how many of us have been out in the woods? Let's just say we've sat in the backyard. Did we ever hear it sound like there was feet marching or, or horses galloping at the top of the trees? Again, we're seeing an impossible situation become possible, and it happens because of obedience. A word that was spoken, a word that was spoken, and God's word has spoken into our lives. God's word has been presented to us over and over and over and over again. The question is, is are we going to obey it? Let's continue verse 24. And when you hear the sound of marching in the top of the balsam trees, then rouse yourself 
For then the Lord has gone out before you to strike down the army of the Philistines. And David did as the Lord commanded him and struck down the Philistines from, from Jebel to uh, Jezer or whatever that may be. So, so it's not our place to understand the rhyme or reason of why God speaks so particular. Because if we spend too much time trying to understand what God is telling us to do, then we'll begin to we'll begin to make up excuses. We'll begin to say, okay, well that doesn't make no sense for me to do that. That doesn't make no sense for me whatsoever. Kind of as I spoke to you the other week, uh, that I was going to be in a place that I knew I was going to be all alone that morning. But right before I arrived, the Lord spoke to me. He said, I'm going to send someone to you today to minister to but I took God's word as what it was because it didn't make no sense to me knowing I was going to be in a place where nobody else was going to be. But lo and behold, an hour later, somebody shows up and the Lord has just created such a relationship uh, to, to be able to commune and to begin to um, uh, just bring the word of God to this young man. So, so it is our place to obey the spoken word of God when we when we willfully obey we are speaking volumes to god and this is the manifestation that that um ooh, let me let me rephrase that again it is not our place to understand a rhyme or reason of why god instructs the way he does it is our place to obey the spoken word when we willfully disobey when we willfully disobey what does that mean when we disobey intentionally, when we don't do it. We know the Lord has spoken to us, but yet we don't do it. So when we willfully disobey, we are speaking volumes to God, and this is the manifestation that we lack the fear of the Lord. It's a lack of the fear of the Lord when we willfully disobey. So let's move on to our last story of today. And I want you to turn with me uh, as... Well, just turn with me on the next screen. Matthew 14, verses 24 through 32. And we've heard the story before about, about Peter walking on the water. But again, I want to bring out the emphasis of something that's impossible, something that we defy the odds, something that we defy that, that gravity and that law and that other people say that we can't do. But yet when God's word is spoken to us, we'll see that this is what happened. So verse 24 says, Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. They were fighting what? They were fighting heavy waves. So they were fighting against that, but what was causing the waves? The wind. How many of us see the wind blow? Well, you know why we don't see the wind blow? It's because it's invisible. And we, we spend too much time fighting against others. We spend too much time fighting against the people that's riding down the road in traffic. We, we spend too much time fighting with our spouse. We spend too much time fighting uh, with our kids or arguing with people over situations that that's just really what? It's the wind that's blowing. It's the things that we can't see. It's the devil that's working behind the scene. It's like, I don't understand why they don't get what we're saying. I don't understand. It's because that we're fighting against the devil. We're fighting against something that we can't see, ladies and gentlemen. And it begins to manifest itself 
in a different perspective. So let us continue on here. Verse 25, and it said, About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In fact, they cried out, It's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. Then Peter called out to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. Verse 30, here's where it gets good. Excuse me. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, when he took his focus off of Jesus and he began to worry about the things that were going on around him, then he began to forget that he was defying an impossible situation here. Let me continue on and read the scripture and, and quit paraphrasing it myself. And when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind had stopped. As we see that Peter was defying an impossible situation, that he was doing something that, that reality says that you can't do. You know, there's so many people that may even say in their breath, James can't start a church. James can't do this. James can't do that because James has done too much bad. James has wronged too many people. James has done this. James has done that. And, and we, our, uh, our names have slurred through so many people's mouth before that they can't do this or that, that mine and Richie's marriage will never work or James and Becky's marriage will never work because they didn't even know each other. But what do we do? We defy the odds because we allow God to be the precedent in our life. When we allow God's word to say who we are and not our situations to dictate who Jesus is, then everything around us is going to succumb to what? The word of God. It's going to succumb to it because it's what's everlasting. He said that, that my word shall not pass away. It shall not pass away. This is the only thing that's going to stand forever. He said, he said that heaven and earth will pass away before my word does. There's so much emphasis on God's word. And that's why, why do you think that the devil tries to keep us so distracted and we don't pick up God's word? Why do you think that he tries to make us think, Man, I don't understand it. I don't understand what's being read here. I don't understand what's being spoken. The devil is busy, but my God is busier. He's busier. And that's why it's so important for us to be in God's Word and to stay in God's Word and to allow God's Word to change us. You may have heard me say it last week. We can't change God's Word, but God's Word can change us. And if we're not in it, if we're not reading, and if we're not making it applicable, then we're not being changed. We're just being the same person. We're just going from one week to the next week to the next week to the next week. But yet God has called us to do more. He's called us to reach lives. He's called us to change lives. Did we not just speak about it in Hebrews chapter 5? He said that by this time, you should be. You should be. We're all guilty of that. There's so much more that I should be doing for God. There's so much more that I should be moving in, but you know, I did. I walked away from God for 10 years. 
I walked away from it. You know why? Because I'm not going to be lukewarm. I'm not going to say I'm a Christian when I live a sinful lifestyle. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to disgrace God's name in such that manner. So, so yeah, for 10 more years, I lived as the biggest sinner. But I don't do anything half-heartedly. So here I am obeying what God has called me to do. No matter who I see or what I see, I'm still doing what God's called me to do. The invitation is, will you do the same? You know, we think back to Smith Wigglesworth. You know Smith Wigglesworth? You know, he raised people from the dead. You know when he started preaching? He was 50-some years old. He was a plumber all of his life. And then God got a hold of him and God called him. And he pursued God. It doesn't matter how we start. What matters is how we finish. How we finish. Are we going to finish this strong? So a couple things that I want to read out here real fast from my notes. So as we read these stories and heard about the impossible things that became possible, we must take into consideration the two very obvious things that stand out. Number one is faith. It is faith because we, we just spoke of that, about that faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. So it is, it is the Word of God that's being spoken, but hearing the voice of God speak through that Word. So when God's Word speaks to us, it's that faith that moves these things. And then it's obedience, you know, because Peter got out the boat. He said, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come walking on the water. Jesus simply said two things. He said, yes and come. Sometimes we're looking for God to say a lot of words to us. We're looking for a lot of instructions. But sometimes what He says to us is just so simple. It's so simple. And He's telling us to, yes, come today. Yes, do the impossible. Yes, do what everybody else says you can't do. Yes, come no matter the winds that are blowing and the waves that you may be fighting. It doesn't matter. Come. Come to me. God is calling us to Him. God is calling us to Him. And see, the only way that we can get closer to God is to go through this impossible situation. To, to get to, we got to go through. We got to go through. We got to go through these impossible things because they do. They will refine us and make us into the image of who God has called us to be. So the faith factor is a simple believing the word that has been spoken. To believe it is a means that no matter the situation, the word spoken has precedent over what our eyes see and what our ears hear. That is the faith factor. That's the faith factor that God's asking us to have. Because He said, if you have faith, the grain of a mustard seed. What's a mustard seed? It's a very small seed. It's a very small seed that becomes a very large plant. And the only way that it can do that is to have it. If you don't have it, then you can never plant nothing. So we got to have that faith. we got to have that faith factor that God's calling us to have. So as we sit here today and consider the weight of how we so often fall short of this reality that God is simply looking for us to have faith. So in Hebrews 11 and 1, I want to talk about faith one more time. I want to talk about this. And it says, Now faith brings hope into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. We've all heard this, or maybe most of us have heard it in the King James translation for now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But I like the way that the TPT brings it out because I'm going to read it one more time. It says, now faith brings hope 
into reality. Faith becomes the reality that my faith of what God says about this situation is true no matter the situation. It doesn't matter what my eyes see and it becomes the foundation. We've all we've talked about foundations for weeks and having a foundation. And it becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence that is required to, to prove what is still unseen. Faith is believing in what we can't see. A believing of what God has spoken without the reality or without the evidence of reality. If God has spoken it, we have to consider it being done. If we're praying for our family, then, then we're praying for our family. we got to believe that what God's Word says is true. So I declare every day, Lord, that, that for as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You know, as we spoke last week and I, and I spoke about in the book of Ezekiel chapter 37 and I began to, to, to what the very thing that God told Ezekiel to prophesy over the bones. Th there was no mistake that so many people were here and there was no mistake that the word that was spoken because God told me to speak a prophetic word over everyone here that day. Excuse me. And it was about bone coming back to bone forming a body and that the breath of God would breathe into them. So God has called them. God has called them. We continue to call them forward. We continue to call them. It doesn't matter if we see them going the opposite way. We continue to call them because God is faithful. He is faithful. Not one time if you can show me in the Bible where God was not faithful. Show me where He was not faithful. And I will tell you that you're reading the wrong Bible. So in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, and it says, Without faith living within us, it would be impossible to please God. For we come to God in knowing, we come to God in faith knowing that He is real and that He is a rewarder, rewards the faith of those who give all their passion and strength into seeking Him. It said it was impossible to please God without faith. This is where this is this is where it is impossible. It becomes possible, then it moves to impossible because we can never please God outside of faith. That's believing Him for what He says that He's going to do. When we begin to allow the situations to dictate who God is, then we lack that faith. We lack the very thing that pleases Him. And this is what pleases God is to have faith to believe Him for the impossible. Did he not say that I am able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you could ever ask or think? What does that mean? He can do more than, than what you can ask him for. You just got to have faith. You just got to believe. God is looking for someone to believe. So to receive the impossible answer from God, we must be placed in alignment with God's word. Again, again, you hear me placing the emphasis about being in his word. But nobody said that you got to read chapters a day. Begin with one verse. Begin with one verse. Meditate on because you gotta do you gotta start somewhere. Does a baby get up and start with running? One step at a time. One step. Then they may fall. They get right back up. Read that verse again. Read another verse the next day. The next week, read two verses. It's a process and we've gotta start somewhere, but it's never gonna start until we do it, till we step out on faith and do it and there is no other way there is no other way around this if you are ready to see all these impossible things 
become possible, then right now is the time to view all these impossibles through God's heart. To view them through the very thing that God's Word said that it's going to do. What are we going to believe Him for? What are we going to believe Him for? You might say, Pastor, I've been believing for a long time. So then I'm going to ask you the same question. Have you stayed consistent in your faith? Have you remained consistent of what you've been asking God for? You see, because the children of Israel never walked, walked on dry ground by walking away from it. It never happened until what? Until Moses acted on the word that the Lord had spoken to him. What is the word that God's been speaking to you? What has he been speaking to you? It's time for us to act. I'm calling us to action now to act upon what God has spoken to you to do. And that's only a choice that you can make. I can lay my hands on you. I can pray for you. But the reality at the end of the day, ladies and gentlemen, is this. Are we aligning with God's Word? Are we in alignment to God's Word? What does that mean? What does it mean to be in a line? Just to be in a line? Are we lining up with everything? Or, or, or are we all the way over here trying to do something when the line is it's an alignment? It's from point A to point B, and God's trying to take us there, but we're trying to deviate, and we're trying to do something opposite of what, instead of what God has spoken to us to do. Will you allow God to make the impossible possible in your life? Will you allow Him? It's the only decision that you can make. I can pray with you, and I can pray for strength, and, and, and I can just ask the Holy Spirit to help you in this situation. But ladies and gentlemen, at the end of the day, in the book of Isaiah chapter 1, it says that if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. The only way that we're going to eat and partake and have everything that God wants for us is to walk in the alignment of being obedient and being willing to what He's speaking to us. You know, there comes a point in time, honestly, just, just to be really real, even for those that may be viewing us online or listening to us via podcast, that there comes a point or time where you can only hear the Word of God so much to where you have to make a decision. Am I going to line up with it? Or am I going to walk away from it? See, because we, we become what? We become to the point of knowing that we're accountable of the words that are being spoken. We can no longer deny that it's only the Word that's going to change us and allowing the Word to change us from the inside out. Let me pray with you today. Dear Lord, we just thank you, Lord, today. We thank you, Lord, for all your blessings. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for you being with us. We thank you, Lord, for your Word, Lord, that's been presented, Lord, to our hearts today, Lord, that how you have poured out your heart, Lord, to us through your Spirit. Lord, and I pray that we've heard the very words that you've chosen to speak to us today. Lord, to move us from an impossible situation to become impossible. Lord, to defy the very things that man said that we can't do. To be the everything that you've called us to be. Lord, and that in this process, that in this process of moving forward, Lord, Lord, that we are being refined. Lord, that we are being shaped and molded into the image, Lord, of who you are. And Lord, and it can only be done so, Lord, as we submit. Lord, as, as I remember reading through the Scripture, Lord, that, that one of the disciples or some of the disciples said, Lord, Lord, increase our faith. Lord, even one man that his son, the demons were cast out of him, he said, Lord, he said, Lord, help my unbelief. Lord, today we ask, Lord, to help our unbelief. Lord, give us strength, Lord, Lord, to not only believe you more, Lord, but to pick up your word. 
to hear what you have to say to us, Lord, so that we can believe you, Lord, for something that's so much greater than what the situation has presented itself as. Lord, we lean on you. We lean on your word, Lord. Lord, we ask for your grace, Lord, in this matter. Lord, to give us your grace, to give us your strength, to give us, Lord, your empowerment, Lord, to move from the impossible to a possible situation. So, Lord, we just thank you, Lord, today, Lord. We praise you and we glorify you, Lord, that as we go through this, Lord, that as we go through this, Lord, that you shall receive the glory for it. So, Lord, we thank you again. We praise you. We glorify you and honor you. And we, and we praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah.